for the first part of the video. Let's say it's like panning over to something really quick. If you're doing anything with the voiceover, going straight to the point instead of like, hi, everyone, my name is Shannon. I'm the development manager at the last shop. Here are my five cents on whatever, but just jumping to the point, like if your lash artist struggling with lash retention, here are the five tips that you need to know right now. And also not talking in a monotone voice, just being very engaging. Think of yourself as an MC, right? You want to really, I guess, captivate your audience. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, onto our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today we are having Shannon Sin on our podcast. She is the development manager at The Last Shop. And I met her a few years ago because she creates some really amazing content on Instagram and TikTok. And it just has this real energy and vibe and creativity that you don't see often in our industry. And now, she doesn't do quite as much anymore as she used to on social media because her role has changed, but she's still someone I really look up to and really has a lot of great information to share with you guys today. And we're going to get into a little bit about her background, and we're going to share some actually surprising news of a job, a part-time job she still has today while still working at the last shop, which I found really interesting, so you'll get to learn about that. But more importantly, she's going to talk about the algorithm. The most hated thing in the world is the algorithm. What is it? How does it work? And why should we worry about it? And she's going to explain a little bit about that. We're going to also talk about how to get your post seen and what makes good content, as well as talking about what tools you can use, as well as other things. So there's a lot of great stuff here. And I know I sometimes dog on Instagram, and it's not because I I think Instagram is a bad thing. I just think a lot of people use it poorly or waste a lot of time trying to oppress people when really they should just be using their referral systems and getting clients to talk about them and build a business. That way it'll be a lot faster. You don't have to spend two hours a day on Instagram doing that. It's a much more efficient system. But that said, Instagram is super important because, hey, you still want to be seen. And if you want to go into training or products or other services, you're probably going to have to learn how to market and use Instagram to your advantage as well as by the way maybe you just have other ambitions like you'd like to be a social media manager one day and other companies so you know what you're gonna have to show that you know how to use social media on your own page before that happens right so anyhow today is gonna be for you those of you who want to basically learn about social media and get into that and use that more effectively especially instagram and tiktok so before we do that though we have announcements Yeah, guys, we have, as always, they say at this time of year, is one thing and one thing only, and that is LashCon. We are selling tickets. We've sold out the VIP. We have one diamond ticket sale. We sold two. We have one left. So if you're thinking you want to go the all the top of the line, everything, I mean, you get picked up from the airport with a limo. You get 
three nights stay in a suite. You we pay for dinner one night at I forget what's a steakhouse. It's real nice with three other friends you want to bring with you. You get a makeup person come to your room on Sunday, Monday morning before everything happens. Get your headshot done and just the list goes on. It's a lot of cool stuff. So hey, if you had a great year, that's your ticket. But everyone else, I advise because it's much more budget friendly. It's eight ninety seven for the standard ticket. And I know some people are like, oh, I actually have some people. I still want the VIP. I, we're all out. But I promise you, standard ticket is well worth it. You don't get a T-shirt. The swag bag's smaller, but you get all the classes still, minus two sessions that are like bonus sessions that are early or late in the day. So all the main sessions, all the breakouts, all the sponsor suites, all the trade show, the parties, all that's still the same. And um, yeah, you don't get the same, you don't get the preferred seating in the main sessions, but the information is while you're there, right? You're there to learn information. You're there to make connections and you're there to be inspired and have fun with your friends at the parties. All that happens with the standard tickets, just so you know. And we are three month payment plan is going to be going to a two-month payment plan, I think, in a week or two. I forget what the date is, but it's coming up soon. So if you want to spread out the payment, you can do that. And we have all those add-ons on Saturday morning, the $150. They're three-hour classes, and you can there everything from lash lifting to building a website to straight layer slayer with Ali and, and other things. So if you want to go to the website, the lash conference, look up those add-ons. And if you already have a ticket, just and you're going to be there Friday night because we have the party on Friday night and everything starts Friday night. Just go in and add one of these classes. Pick one that will fit you and help you. Promise you, you'll love these classes. Last year, they were a huge hit. We sold out, I think, all of them. And this year, we've added more. So instead of four, we have six. And so you want, that's the only real add-on if you, otherwise you get everything else. But these are special classes like demos and they're longer and more in depth. So that's why they've been added on for those who want them on Saturday morning. Okay, that's all I have for announcements. Oh, one more thing I should just a heads up we will be announcing soon our classes in November and December we've been waiting because we just leased out a new office space next door to our current space where Tess and I work and we're going to be renting two rooms out so hey if you're in the Pasadena LA area and you want to come rent from us you can give me or DM me or email me at paul at lashcast.com and you could maybe have a booth with, or not booth but a room rent a room from us and it's going to be super reasonable and you get us as mentors like for free. Now, not that I'm going to be there every day talking to you, but you have access to us when you have questions or anything. So it's a great place to work. And it is not, no, everyone knows we're team based, but we've decided not to build a salon again because our focus really is on you guys and helping us as we want to get the clubhouse started soon. And that's going to be all about helping people with their businesses and all that. And we have our trainings and we have LashCon. So we're not going to build a salon because to build a salon correctly, you have to be fully invested. You have to spend a lot of time in there. You can't just do that part time. Like, Oh, let's have a salon on the side. That's not the way it works. So we decided not to go that route. We're just going to rent a couple of rooms. I was going to use it for classes and we're going to, use it for Tesla has a second treatment room and we're just going to use it to expand our space so you guys come here to Pastina and have classes and all that so it should be really cool all right went a little long announcements but that's it so now let's sit down with Shannon and let's talk all things social media Hey, Smart Cookies, we are coming to you today from the LashCast Studios. So excited to interview our next guest, Shannon Sin. She is the development manager at the Lash Shop. Welcome, Shannon. Hello, hello, Paul and Tess. So excited <laughs> to be on here um, for my first podcast. Yeah. We're excited. <laughs> now, we're really excited. We got to know you a couple years ago and have been following you in your career and have always been so impressed with what you do with social media and just your creativity 
and just your fun personality. How dynamic yeah. you are. Yeah. People should know this. And they should so. definitely be following the, the last shop. And we'll get to where they can find you if there's other places they can look. But that said, what I noticed about you is that you really have a good grasp when it comes to Instagram. Like how to get people engaged, how to create fun things, and just be really engaged. You know, I said engaged like twice now. But that said, <laughs> how I to thought, get eyeballs. Yeah, how, 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 how eyeballs. to keep interest. Yeah, exactly. So that said, I thought, you know what, you'd be a great person to come on and talk about Instagram and social media. And hopefully today our goal for those of you who want, because I know there's, I feel like there's a growing backlash against social media. I feel like more and more people are like, okay, I'm done with it. It's stressful. I mean, I've seen, I've been to some conferences where people say something negative about it and everyone applauds. Like, oh yeah, you know, there's like, <laughs> there's just so much frustration and irritation about social media. It's a pain point for a lot of us. So because of that, I thought, well, I know someone who seems to really love it and enjoy it. So having you on to talk about your process, your ideas, tips, things that people can do. So if you're in that camp where you're like, I'm frustrated and I want to get help, this is your podcast. This is where you're going to get it. You're going to find out some good stuff about social media. But before we get to that, we should let people know who you are, your background. And I didn't know this until you sent me a little bit about yourself, your bio. You have a very interesting career before all this I didn't realize so I was like wow okay so you came from the other back you didn't just start in beauty and that was it you didn't just hatch out yeah. a beauty professional no yeah. no it was never in the books I was born in a very traditional Chinese uh, family where I was either going to be a lawyer or a doctor okay. and obviously uh, <laughs> I went in and studied science and obviously I didn't become a doctor and I become a lash artist so yeah. I don't know how many people you know study going to school thinking that they'll Come, you know, all these people with like very great diplomas and certifications, but ended up realizing that you have to enjoy what you do. And lashing is definitely my passion and my creative outlet. And honestly, lashing pays really well too. <laughs> That's great. Can I ask you where you grew up? I grew up in Toronto, so I was born in Canada. Cool. You were in school to be a pharmacist? Yeah, so because I studied science, there's not a lot of outlets for people who study science. So I ended up taking the shortest route possible with my science background. Um, I did two years of undergrad, and then I switched uh, and got into pharmacy school. So I am still a pharmacist, but I don't tell people that. I tell people that I'm a lash artist, but I do still work the minimum hours. Oh, um, really? Yes. Wow. Okay, wait. So you you can dispense my drugs. Okay, wait. I, I have a question. Yes, this yes. is a cultural question because I'm half Chinese. Oh, so, really? I yes, yes. That. I'm. Yeah, yeah. You can never tell, right? I think you can tell. Okay, I feel like. So she it, was much more. She looked more, looked Asian, more Asian when we were when young. Now I look. You more, saw her. More you'd white. be like, oh, okay. And I joke that as she gets older, she gets whiter. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so I know what it's like to have a, an Asian parent. So when you said, hey, I want to go to the beauty industry, how was that? They were not happy about it. They always tell themselves, oh, it's just the side thing that you want yeah, to do. Yeah, you just do that on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a little phase, like a three-month phase. Yeah. Um, and then it got real serious. I opened up a, a commercial space and they're like, oh, wow, it's uh-huh, serious. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm actually glad that my parents are very accepting of that as because they do see, I think an Asian mentality is as long as you work really hard and you show them that you're working towards something and they see some light of success. And then you've proven it. 
Yes. yes, I've proven it. But I also kept a promise where because they paid for my pharmacy degree, I am still keeping it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now you're such a good daughter. I'm so uh, proud of you. My mom was always just like, see, in the pandemic, when you couldn't do lashes, you can still vaccinate people and do the COVID <laughs> testing. <laughs> Oh, there you go. So you had your backup yeah. plan, your plan B. So that that was but, sure, but for sure, the science background and uh, has really helped me with the lash industry as well with like, you know, products and things like that. That background gives you a completely different empirical framework from which to, you know, test things. It gives you like a foundation, a different one than a beauty, perf- you know, I would say just beauty and aesthetics, esoteric things. With your background, you have a different foundation. That helps you to process. That's what I would think. Which is, by the way, we'll see a lot of that in the, in the industry, right? And that's why I yeah. think you, you bring, and that's probably why you ended up at UA. That's why you're in at the last shop and you're doing things that are a little bit more educational and science. you're trying to bring that, I guess, a little higher education to our beauty industry. Yeah. And it really helps me understand the science and even explain the science a little better mm-hmm. to lash artists currently. And that's why I also love all of the podcasts. You guys go into the science behind cyanacrylate mm-hmm. and the allergy. I'm like, yes, finally, someone is explaining that red eyeballs is not because they're allergic to the adhesive, but it's yeah. more of the irritation. Yeah. We always <laughs> got tired of people always saying, um, you give me a chemical burn in my eye. I'm like, no, that's not a chemical burn. It's irritation. <laughs> yeah. I can pound dust in front of you and your eyes would turn red and that's not a chemical burn well uh i have a a question but i'm going to save it to later if we have time it's a pharmacy question it's kind of it's kind of a story as well a little bit of what is it tea or um yeah so anyway um we'll We'll, save that to later okay sure we'll get that so you (laughs) the suspense (laughs) by the way just a side note how you got into beauty from while you were in school did you learn about lashes while in school or afterwards how did you divert away from pharmacy full-time and move more into the lash world so um for completing school you actually have to take a licensing exam or board exam okay and then after the board exam it takes obviously a couple months or like two three months before you find out if you passed or not window of the two three months uh, my friend decided that she wanted to try lash lifts and she's like hey i tried this new service it's so cool this place is offering training would you want to take a training just for fun and i'm like yeah why not i have two three months of time i can just try around with something that is very new and unique and i took a training i started working in my gross basement in a little corner of it uh start posting on instagram and i got my first client and in my mind i was like wow why would someone go to a stranger in the corner of their basement and get their lashes <laughs> like a little troll? I was just so <laughs> confused. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually, just within the, the short two, three months, I got more and more yeah. clients. People referred me, uh, like other people, and then they asked me if I would do extensions and this and that. And I, because I worked as a pharmacy assistant throughout my years of pharmacy school, I developed a slight, uh, I wouldn't say hatred, but <laughs> I just overall, you see things uh, that uh, a student wouldn't really see. And it's just in the pharmacy, I feel like it's not what people think. It's not the glamorous job. Okay. Uh, people are always just like, hey, are my meds ready yet? I'm kidding, car waiting. Yeah. It's done. Is it done yet? Like, <laughs> you just pick it off the shelf and things like that. But with lashes, people open their eyes. I'm like, wow, I it love it. My and life. that feeling, it changed my life. Exactly. It's like this ah, feeling <laughs> where mm-hmm. I'm like, 
you know what, maybe I can do lashes instead and then pharmacy part-time. And then that just kind of was the thing until I eventually did lashing full-time and then pharmacy like once a month. Oh, wow. Just once <laughs> a month. Is that just uh, just have it in your back pocket or you just tell your mom, I still have my, my pharmacy job? Yes. And I also think that telling clients, oh, I am also a pharmacist. I have a healthcare background. They just oh. have... A really good, like just get become more confident in you and they do because you've gone to school for as long as um, a doctor seven years, right? You know, to yeah. get the the. I mean, it's slightly you know it's a different practice, but yes. um, it still takes that mind and that study and that discipline, and not everyone can do it. There's rigors mm-hmm. about going through. So it, you have proven yourself. I can see that. Yeah, it builds trust. You're not your typical lash artist. Yes, so, for uh, sure. That's really cool. I actually one day I love to f- do this because I, I don't know if you know. T- Dina Pearson from D-Lash, but she's a welder. She, I mean, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. In fact, she just stopped. I just talked to her a couple weeks ago. She just gave up welding or for now putting aside to really focus on lashes. But I mean, there's all these people that have these really intriguing backgrounds or you look at Trina from Maven Artistry. She Mm -hmm. comes from a design background from marketing and all that stuff. And then you have, I don't know. You really see that in her work and her business. Yeah. Honestly, like, oh, she's most, such an inspiration. Yeah, everything she does is it's just marketed. So it's fun to see people coming from different backgrounds and then somehow how does that connect with them? And now mm-hmm. that I, I know, understand a little bit more about your background makes more sense why you are a little bit more nerdy about lashes and all this <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, so that's really cool. Now, today we're going to start off probably with the most confusing thing for lash artists because you hear, hear this word called algorithm. And some people have seizures when that word happens because <laughs> they feel like the algorithm is their just their enemy in life. Like I... They blame everyone. It's kind of like how with lashes, when people want to blame the client, like, oh, my lashes and that's well, that's your fault. It's always the client's fault. No lash artist wants to take responsibility. And I think at the same time, why is your Instagram not doing what? Well, it's the algorithm. The algorithm hates me and it's not my fault. I have no responsibility why my Instagram has no engagement. It's all the algorithm. So I thought maybe first, what what is the algorithm? Because I, I think some people don't know. They think there's some guy named Al and, you know, he has a lot rhythm no sorry this is stupid that, that is, is dumb I really, <laughs> but yeah so anyhow we can explain what it is and then we can get a little bit into this algorithm thing so instagram or meta yeah. now okay basically it's a platform where they really just want to make money right and how they make money is through ad revenue the more users they get on their platform and the longer the users stay on the app the more money that they will make because more users will see the ads for them. Audience retention is really important. And so this algorithm that they have in their system, is this like really cool plot. Like I would say like, um, I don't know, program that looks into what kind of content will keep their users staying on the platform longer. So how am, how is this algorithm going to help meta or Instagram get users to scroll for hours and hours and hours on the app without leaving it. So that is essentially what the algorithm is. They are using this, I guess, formula to see as things go by and there's new trending types of content, how are they going to be consistently keeping eyeballs on the app? So the algorithm really helps them determine what 
good content that users will want to see. And it really prioritizes showing posts that users will like to see and also engage with. And I know you love the word engagement, so I will continue <laughs> to say that. Yeah, <laughs> engagement, attention, these are so all words. I have a question yeah. about the algorithm. So if their, their goal is to keep eyeballs on as long as possible, I would assume that they have to understand a little bit about the human brain, how it works, what makes people engaged, those kinds of things. And you know, you hear all these things about social media being like the Surgeon General came out recently and said it's really bad for teenagers. You know, we kind of intuitively like knew really this what a shock. <laughs> you know, just like hanging out all day at a, at a bar is not good for the human soul, right? What? Yeah, hanging I, I, out at a bar, you know, being a, you no, know, don't don't downplay gambling bars. Gambling too much, you know too me, much anything, you noon, know. Noon, it's, it's it's my midday. It's five o'clock you know, somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. But um, so um, are 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 they are they doing something like I mean, in order to keep people on there? Like the question would be, is there any way to do it in a healthy way? So this algorithm that they have in their system is this really cool program that looks into what kind of content will keep their users staying on the platform longer. So how is this algorithm going to help Meta or Instagram get users to scroll for hours and hours on the app without leaving it? So that is essentially what the algorithm is. They are using this formula to see as things go by and there's new trending types of content, how are they going to be consistently keeping eyeballs on the app. So the algorithm really helps them determine what good content that users will want to see. And it really prioritizes showing posts that users will like to see and also engage with. And I know you love the word engagement, so I will continue to say that. <laughs> yeah. So if the goal is to keep eyeballs on as long as possible, I would assume that they have to understand a little bit about the human brain, how it works, how people what makes people engaged, those kinds of things. And you hear all these things about social media being like the Surgeon General came out recently and said it's really bad for teenagers. We kind of under we kind of intuitively like, knew really? this already. What a shock. You know, just like <laughs> hanging out all day at a bar is not good for the human soul. What? Yeah, I, hanging I, out at the bar. Don't downplay gambling bars. Gambling too much, you know too me. much anything, you Noon, know. Noon, it's my midday. It's five o'clock you know, somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, somewhere, but yeah. But are they doing something in order to keep people on there? The question would be, is there any way to do it in a healthy way? I believe that there are certain, I guess, cues that helps build the algorithm. And that's basically the social signals that users can provide during the app. So for example, likes, comments, shares, and saves, that provides messages and cues to Instagram, letting them know that this is a great content piece and people are staying on the app. If they're not scrolling past content, if they're really watching the entire duration, for example, Tuss, you have really great videos on retention and things like that. For me, I would be watching the entire video because there's so much value in it. That tells Instagram that your videos are really good and high quality and users want to see more of that. I might like share it to another artist that again tells Instagram that this is high quality content and more artists or users are going to be watching it. And again, that means users will stay on the app for longer. And trying to understand, because I guess the algorithm changes. Do you feel like sometimes algorithm takes a turn for the worst, like they tweak it a little bit and it lowers engagement for people. And it's like, oh crap. And I don't know if Instagram ever admits this, like we'll reset it or we'll readjust it to get it back. Cause obviously this is probably, it's a, I've been told at least 
even the people running the algorithm don't know how to control the algorithm. It's so, it's been going now for how many years? 10 years, 15 years. So it's not like something that you just have two knobs and you just tweak one or the other. It's very complex. It's very layered and there's a lot going on. It's kind of like Google SEO. I like, I listened to some podcasts and they're saying how the SEO, what works and what doesn't changes all the time. So you can't really just, let's say you found a formula that works for you and you just continue that forever without tweaking it. You really have to stay up to date and notice little changes and cues that they provide you in order to tweak your content strategy. Because at the end of the day, for example, back when I first started using Instagram, it was just photos, right? There weren't even carousels. There are no such thing as reels. But now because of TikTok, people love short form videos. They included reels. So you have to be really good at reels. And now because there's so many different reels, if you don't catch people in the first one to two seconds, then bye-bye. People are going to scroll past your content. So I would say the algorithm does change in terms of how they favor people's content. But at the end of the day, their main goal is the same thing, to keep users using the app for longer. So if you understand what the new trends are, what the new content pieces that people are interested in, and you're focusing on that, then you're still going to be winning in the game. So how what happens when you're first posting a post is number one, only your super fans and your followers will see your content. That means people who are always engaging with your content, always commenting, DMing you, things like that, they will see the content first. If, for example, they like, comment, share, save, or like watch the full thing, that tells Instagram that the content piece is really good. And then they're going to boost it to more of your followers, such as your normal fans or your broad audiences. Okay. IG will also be pushing your post into the explore page. Again, if there's really good social signals, then Instagram will keep pushing it onto the explore page. Yeah. And that's where I find all sorts of stuff. Cause I, I like to go to the explore page and see things. And sometimes it's embarrassing. I've had that times because explore page also has an algorithm that of what they think you want to see on your page. Yes. And there's been times where I've seen something really strange. I'm like, Oh, what's that? And I'm like, Oh no, it's going to think I want to see more of that. <laughs> and then I, I like have to try not to look at those things because it's really weird, horrible and things. And then if you look once, they're going to show it to you again. Yes. Like babies <laughs> being hit by birds or something. You're like, I don't want to see birds hitting babies that's not really a thing i'm not into that okay <laughs> so yeah you have to be a little mindful about what you stop by accident sometimes yes. looking at or click on now as far as getting that attention because i think most people are frustrated by far most people have a hard time getting i guess seen or getting that engagement i think overall i feel like most people i talk to is like i just feel like my engagement continues to go backwards like it's just getting less and less is that because they does out instagram punish you over time if you seem to not be making content people want that you become less and less relevant yeah for sure if your content is always telling Instagram that not a lot of people like seeing it, then again, more like less of your followers or even people like new eyeballs will see it less. And also with apparently with the algorithm, they only use data from the past couple of weeks. So let's say if you've been very inconsistent with posting, you only post once every couple of months, then basically there's no data to tell Instagram whether or not your content is good. Even if you post a really, really great content, but it's like one every couple months. That's not good. So how often do you have to post in order to stay in the soup or in the mix? If your content is really high quality, just a couple pieces a week should be more than enough, but definitely not less than that. I would say a minimum of two to three times a week. Definitely the more you post means the more engagement you're going to be getting. And exactly. So I would say just consistency is really important and definitely not 
taking breaks longer than a week. I mean, I've seen people, and I think these days are done. I saw people back five, six years ago would post only once a week max, maybe once every three weeks, and they would still get 5,000 likes somehow. Now, sometimes I know those are bot, but some were looked very legit. Like, okay, they, people are just waiting for their next post because they just love it. But then there's others that I see doing that. And have you ever seen the documentary Fake Famous? No, I haven't. Okay, you got to put that in your homework. Anyone listening that's heard me I talk about I will do that right now. <laughs> fake Famous. Is it on Netflix? I think it's Netflix is where we saw it. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix. It explains... It, it follows three people that this one guy like paid for to be famous and follow their journey on like, did, were they successful? Can you buy your likes? Can you buy your well, fame? Well, you know, you can buy your likes. That's not a question. The question is, does Instagram punish you? Because that's the theory. Oh, Instagram, you buy your likes and your comments and all that and your followers. You will not do well on Instagram. And it's a total lie. You absolutely will do fine, even if you buy your likes, all your followers, all that stuff. They, it's crazy. And engagement. You can buy all that. Instagram will not punish you for that. Because you know what? The reason why his theory, which I think you said earlier, they don't care how you stay engaged. As long as you're on your Instagram watching stuff, they don't care if you get there through nefarious means or legitimately do it in a way like we've always done, like everything we've built is organic. organic. And But there are people who do cheat the system. Like the, I, he said, that I think half the Kardashians, Kim Kardashian's page is fake. So half of no them. Yeah he, he, yeah, he goes, oh yeah, half of them. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> Kardashians, they're about attention. That's all they care about. Just give me yeah. attention. And they've known, learned how to monetize that. So you wouldn't be surprised that they would be buying their followers and likes and all that stuff. Because yeah, it makes them millions of dollars. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> per post. <laughs> per post. So do you have any, I guess, for someone who's not doing well, like, okay, they need to do more consistent. That's good. And I think we hear that quite often. And I think a lot of people don't believe it's true, but it is. It's consistency is everything. Is there anything else you can do to try to drive that attention to your page anything that would help them to get to stop getting 10 likes but maybe you can finally get them their page up to 100 likes or whatever their goal would be first of all i would say it's really important to post relevant content in your niche so if someone is for example trying to be an expert in all fields it might not be great because apparently instagram can also do like image recognition where let's say if you're always posting lashes it can categorize your content from your page as being lash related content. So if people search it, they're actually able to potentially see your posts on the explore page. You do want to use relevant hashtags. It doesn't really help, I would say with like SEO, but if people search particular hashtags then they'll help, it'll help them find you. It's also really important to stay up to date with the newest trends and having a mix of both trending and non-trending posts. So what I mean by that is, let's say a trending audio is like something from the office or whatever. Here and there, it's really great to use that because when people search the audios, they're able to find your content and it also helps with going viral, but also some non-trending ones because it's very difficult, honestly, to create content on the spot and every single day. It's way easier to batch create content because it takes less time and you can actually reuse clips. So what I always tell our team is try our best. If we can recycle some content pieces here and there, change it up just a tad bit, but that prevents you from spending 40 hours a week creating content, which is not ideal because we need to spend time doing other things as well. And it gets expensive. And in terms of creating good content, you really have to think about the pillar. So like good content would be something that provides value, right? So it can either 
whether it be educational, motivational, inspirational, or entertaining. So if it's educational, which Tuss, I love. <laughs> so you're sharing tips, tricks, experiences, tutorials, guides. Those are what people find helpful because, for example, like a lash artist like me, if I'm taking two trainings maybe throughout my career and then only one training here and there, I'm finding, I'm, like I'm continuing my education by doing research and watching other people share their favorite tricks or hacks with lashing. And so you posting those would be beneficial in capturing artists who are always looking to continue their education in a free manner, of course. Motivational posts are great, especially in stories. I know a lot of great storytellers who really just captivate you and you always want to click into their stories because they always have something cool. Even if it's a very boring thing, like, oh, I'm going to pick up my daughter at school, but they make it really interesting. And like, you kind of flow through and see like different issues that pop up and why I made this decision and little things that can even just relate to you in a daily life. That's great. Something that's really inspirational. It could be just things that are just visually captivating. I know that I see a lot of really great posts on Instagram or Reels where it's like very aesthetic content of lashes up close or they put weird little like sparkles on the lashes and things like that. Like you don't really learn anything, but it's just so visually appealing and inspiring that you want to create something like that. Those do really great. And another thing that I used to do a lot, I don't have time to do these anymore, but like just very entertaining, humorous posts, like things that will just make you laugh or even just share. So like for us, if we don't have time to film like reels that are super funny, we create memes and memes do really well because people love to share in their stories, comment, just if it just sparks a sort of reaction. So I would think what I would recommend is if you're creating content, just be very intentional with what you're doing and really think about how you can make it so that like pretend like you are the audience, right? What are the types of contents that you really stop and take a look at? And it's usually based on those four pillars and making sure that your content is always of high quality. If it's blurry, if you're using a lot of filters, it just doesn't look great. And we'll scroll past that because there are so many others that are creating content of really high quality. So when I'm filming on my phone, which I majority of the content is on my phone. It's just the easiest way to film is 4K and then like 30 to 60 frames per second, making sure that you're not filming on the Instagram app or the TikTok app because the quality isn't as great. And then having a lot of like really cool gear that can help you film your quality content. For example, on Amazon, I love anything that's like gooseneck. Gooseneck is my favorite. So there's it's like this like metal thing that bends. So if you have oh, a- like oh, a gooseneck yeah. clamp. Yeah. I love gooseneck yeah, clamps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're durable, right? And, and they're really- handy and you can use them in exactly. any situation. Yes. Yeah. So I love those to film like, for example, lashing videos or even just like videos where I'm just doing something like filming of my face. Like I, ha- I use that to film it and it can get any angle that you want, basically. And then if you want to film like lashing content, having a macro lens clip on is also great. Also available on Amazon and it's, they're very cheap. Even phones with like a macro function, it just doesn't capture as nice of a detail or as high quality videos as if you use a clip on. So highly recommend those. And honestly, just focusing on the little details. I know it's just like, wow, it seems like so much, but 
If you really spend your time in, I guess, like making little details of your muscle memory, you can really create a really good content. And you don't always have to create content every single day. You can recycle and use it. So this was something that was recommended to me by a fellow artist. Her name is Emily. She's always just like, if you're filming anything with your hands in it, having a fresh manicure, using a cuticle oil. And I'm like, that's true. Sometimes I'm feeling like, oh, damn, these dry, nasty cuticles look bad. (laughs) Cleaning your foam lens when you are editing your videos. And I spend a lot of time editing videos because I find that it really makes a difference in terms of the quality of just the results. So removing dead space. If you are always saying like ums and ahs, just make sure you're removing it. If there's a lot of like dead space, like let's say boring parts of the video, remove that. You do want it to be very concise unless you're filming a very long form content with a lot of tips and tricks that you're chatting about, then you can, that your video can be a little longer. But if it's just like little short snippets of tips and tricks, you want to make it very concise, no longer than I would say 10, 15 seconds, because people will just zone off and like look at something else. We love doing voiceovers in our content because we can add more like educational value and just share a bit more detail. So if we do that, we always make sure we include captions or just text in the video because there's a lot of people, let's say they're working and they're not listening to the audio, then they can even find your tips and tricks in the text that they can just read. Making use of really good transitions really helps to draw attention, make the video more more interesting and fun and having that wow factor. And if you're filming, like I would say product videos, having different angles really helps to also captivate the audience. Different angles. What do you mean by that? I mean, is there like the straight on angle or... Yeah. So let's say we are filming at Lash Shop and we want to showcase our amazing new lashes, right? Instead of just having one angle, film in one angle and then film another angle so that you can see like more of like a 360 <laughs> degree, like different parts of the, the like uh, me, us. Uh, wow. I cannot talk. Let me do this. <laughs> it's all good. No worries. <laughs> So let's just say we are filming myself at the lash shop and I want to showcase our really great, amazing new lashes. When I am fanning on the strip, I will film in one angle and then I'll film in another angle. Mm -hmm. And so that really helps the audience visualize and feel like they're there Mm -hmm. watching you do it instead of just one boring angle. Because sometimes you doing something in one angle will look completely different in the other angle. And you'll see the technique a little bit better. So we, we like to add that so that it's just less boring and visually appear. It's more visually appealing. Yeah, I think I found two things I need to change. One, I need to stop being an older guy. I think that, <laughs> no, because I think I joke about this often, but I think the algorithm I, it does make sense. If, like they look for us. They, I don't even know. They don't probably associate us with lashes because we don't have a lot of lash videos. It's a lot of advice, mm-hmm. but they see our videos and then I pop up. And the algorithm, they go, he's not relating to the young audience. So we move on. Oh Tush, Tush shows up and the algorithm sees her beautiful face. And they go, oh, that's what we want to see more of. You and, know what? You, you just know. need to dress like a woman. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be in drag from now yes. on, I think. That's going to be me. <laughs> hey, Paul, you know there's a lot of AI apps now. Maybe you can make use of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, a deep fade. I'm going to look yes. young. I know, I'm going to look young like Jamie. You know, I'm going to put it on and people, and I'll have a British accent. They'll I'll look like be, Brad Pitt. Or like that? Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt. Yeah, the Brad Pitt of lashes. <laughs> I think that's my future and we will just see our algorithm explode. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yes. yes. And then the other one too is I think I need to stop using my flip phone for photos. I think that little old 1980s flip phone is really not really working for the high end photos. But I will say this. I liked what you said about using your camera because I do notice some t- 
people's videos are really fuzzy. And I think that, like you said, they're just probably shooting it within the app itself, which doesn't give you 4K, right? So if you shoot a higher resolution, and then it degrades it when it goes into the app. But at least you start with an original form that's a much higher value. And I think that's where you can avoid some of those. Because I think when I first started doing it, I did use Instagram. I was like, man, I hate it. It's fuzzy. And I see other people that it looks all crisp and clear. And I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a stupid app. <laughs> and lighting plays a huge factor as well. Just making sure you have really great lighting. Yeah, no, always great lighting and have clean audio. I actually went and you want, no one else will see this, but you, I, I've joked. I went on Instagram the other day and I said, I bought my first little mini mic finally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those videos where people like holding and like, Hey, last friend. Yeah. Hey. You're walking you know around. What? Yes. I have those like fake little hands that you put on your finger. It looks like a hand. Yeah. You use the yeah. hand to hold it. Yeah, hold a little hand with the mic, and then you can be really cool. I just felt, I mean, I found it. This was like 14 bucks. It was like nothing. I'm like, okay, I'll buy a mic for 14 bucks, and then I used it once. <laughs> How do you like it? What's your review? I like it only because when, if you can put the ca- camera farther away and talk, because probably one of my biggest things, I see people do lives, right? And they will put the camera across the room, and then oh, they'll yeah. talk. And I'm like, no, 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 guys. Because then you just hear them, and they're, talks like, they're talking muffled. with their, like, muffled <laughs> with their hand over. It sounds echoey. And that's when you need that mic. Now, obviously, if you're holding it right before your face, and you're just talking, probably don't need the mic because you're so mm-hmm. close to it, but it does create that presence. So yeah, it's nice. It's not necessary always, but it is a fun thing. And I've seen uh, some people use it with like go around interview people at trade shows or conferences. So it's cute. Yeah. We need to get the little hand though. That I think I to hold it. I know we got to get that so we can walk around and hold that and freak people out. <laughs> I can't wait to see all your props for LashCon when I'm there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll get some just for you, Shannon. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that all this has been hopefully useful because one other thing I wanted to bring up was hashtags. Because for the longest time, it was always 30 hashtags, use them all. But what's his name on Instagram came out and said, you no longer need to do that. That's not helpful. So what's the number that you recommend that so you can take some pressure off people having to do the 30 hashtag thing? Okay. So I've seen some people say five, seen some people say 10. Honestly, I don't think it's makes a huge difference of like the exact number of hashtags, but just having a couple at least to bring specific followers to be able to find your content a little easier. So I would say like minimum five, max 10. Don't like stress yourself about it because it's not as important anymore. Do make sure that you are following an Instagram account called Moseri at M-O-S-S-E-R-I. It's Adam Mosseri, he is the head of Instagram. And every single week, he actually posts a video on educating users on hidden gem features on Instagram, or actually even newly added features so that you can stay on top of things and making sure that you know how to use all the features because there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there is, there's more than you'll ever be able to know how to use. Yes, to exactly. they, they just keep adding layers. Like, I just learned about the whole QR code thing. Like, everything has QR codes now on Instagram. It's it's crazy. So, um, yeah, 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 so it's it's overwhelming almost. But now, when it comes to creating content, obviously, like you said, the way I found you is you created, I think, some of the funniest videos I've seen in the last <laughs> industry when you were with UA. Did you laugh out loud? Yeah. We did. Oh, we did no, I would, I would show her. I, in fact, that's how Tush found about you because I say, oh my gosh, UA found someone who's just really brilliant that's how we found about you and it got our attention and we became fans and been following you ever since but you're right it does take a lot more work to be funny right because some of my concerns i see people doing is they're not original they're just copying what other people do and that's why you're not standing out that's why you're not getting engagement is because you're just copying what everyone else does and i know that maybe for training wheels that's not a bad idea like hey you just got into 
copy paste kind of like the great painters right from the, the masters the you, masters. you copy they, the masters they all copied van gogh and all these guys didn't wake up one day and just become a great painter they started by painting other people and then they started making it their own and found their own voice how do you find your voice your angle your unique way of approaching things or is this your personality i just maybe people can get some inspiration from you I would say it's a little bit of my personality. I'm more bubbly. My husband calls me a drama queen. My friends call me drama queen. (laughs) A little bit in the blood. But I would say I also grab inspo from industries out of the lash or beauty industry. I find that that's way helpful in terms of creating content that's never done before in the beauty industry. Honestly, majority of content creators grab inspo. Even like really successful business owners, they also grab inspo from other businesses. So if you find something that's really good that you like in a different industry, use the transition or the audio or just the motions from the video that you really like. And then just really think about everything, all the aspects of lashing and how you can convert that and transition that into lashing. Try your best not to grab inspo from lash industry because everyone else is doing it already. That's how you create videos that is a bit more creative. At the same time, it's not like a hundred percent you just sitting there for eight hours thinking about something new. <laughs> yeah. Cause if you just sit there and wait for that inspiration, that's tough. But so for you, mm-hmm. did you, do you have certain industries you'd like to look at or was it just, you just go to the explore page or do you look at clips from trending audios and then you find other industries, what they're doing? So first off, I hope you can tell me that I'm not the only one doing this, but I do scroll <laughs> for like a minimum of an hour daily on wow. Instagram or on TikTok. Yeah, I don't think um, you're the only one. No, you're not the only one, girl. No. I'm glad to hear that. So from that hour, I look at, I really like to look at cooking influencers. I look I like travel influencers as well. So I spend some time looking at my favorite ones. And then I will also look at the explore page. TikTok is a really great platform to find early trends and great audios that you can bring to Instagram. I would say like spend at least half of that time on TikTok because there's the, the trends are a bit newer. But if you are looking for a really great influencer to follow just to grab inspo, she has really great transitions. Her name is Tina Lee. So it's at T-I-N-A-L-E-E. She also has really great content tips as well. But I would say cooking videos and travel vlogs provide me with a lot of inspo. So probably whatever interest you have aside from lashing, say, go look at that. Like go find, like for me, board gaming, video games, movies are like my nerd side of me. And so probably watching content like that, I will get ideas that are probably not trending at all in the beauty space. And then you can have some originality. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why you'll get followers or get people to watch or pay attention to your brand or your company is because you're original. And I think that's the, that's the great fear. I think a lot of people are scared to be weird, be different, but that's the only way you're going to stand out and actually make a difference in this industry. If you really just copy every trend, you see 18 people doing it. You're like, Oh, I'll just do a video like that. I think you're dooming your, your Instagram. You will not be loved by the algorithm. I won't like you. <laughs> totally true. Yeah. I know one thing that I saw that, and I was looking over things and that's about finding hooks. Cause that for yeah. me, when I first went, I, my background was film. So when I got in, in, in the film Ooh. industry. Yeah. So my, I worked in the industry for a while and I worked in development. I want to be, I was a wannabe writer, but man, hook was it. They always said, you got to have a hook. If you don't have a good hook for your script, like you got to be able to explain your movie 
in one sentence and, and just be, it's Jaws on a plane. So everyone knows immediately what it is. It's Indiana Jones in the underwater. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's an adventure movie on, in the sea. Like you just have to have the little tag, little hook, something that pulls them in. And I've heard that for Instagram and all that, but man, how do you make hooks? I mean, how do you know the hooks are good? Any tips on hook making or guidance <laughs> on that, I guess? I would say if you want to have a really strong hook, having the first one to three seconds. That's stressful, that's by the way, because like, oh my gosh. Is, I know. <laughs> so if it's very difficult, I would say like, it could be a really cool transition for the first part of the video. Let's say it's like panning over to something really quick. That's an easy one. If you're doing anything with the voiceover, going straight to the point instead of like, hi, everyone, my name is Shannon. I'm the development manager at the last shop. Here are my five cents on whatever, but just jumping to the point, like if your lash artist struggling with lash retention, here are the five tips that you need to know right now. That really helps it. And also not talking in a monotone voice, just being very, very engaging. Think of yourself as an MC, right? You want to really, I guess, captivate your audience. It could be something that's super aesthetic, like it looks so nice. Like let's say someone's a travel blogger and the first thing you see is just this beautiful view of them on a swing in Bali or something like that. It could be very catchy music. So I know there's a lot of trending music, but sometimes I will just listen for a long time and see which music or like what if they have a certain part of the beat that is just very catchy I'll put that in the front of the video that can also be a, a really easy hook and it could also be something that's sort of storytelling but that's a little bit longer form videos so if it's like short form videos I would say those couple tips that I provided previously those ones are easy and uh, usually works pretty well yeah and even like if you're going to share a tip you could say the unpopular opinion right and the first second, like I would say this, we were talking about last month. We don't use last maps. And people are like, what? Yeah. Like yeah. what? We don't use last maps. And then you go on and explain th- that. So if, you f- you're, if you're going to be teaching, because I think a lot of people now are moving more educational. They're trying to give value. I see it's almost too many educational ones. I'm like, <laughs> I need more of Shannon comedy is what I really would like to see more. <laughs> That's why actually I go to TikTok. TikTok, I just follow comedians and sketch comedy troops and funny people because there's only so much education I can take in a day. And at some point I just want to laugh. Noted, noted. I'll yeah. create more funny ones I I need just you to be funny for me. Like, this is for Paul. <laughs> exactly. That's all I care about. And, we'll, we'll, we'll start, and then we'll just start paying you. Like, okay, if I, how much money will I get you once a week to make me a funny video so I can laugh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what, but that's where you start your Patreon account. But that's it. Another one too, the voice. I see all the time. People are talking and they're just, hey guys, I want to tell you about my new training or my this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are putting me to sleep. You got to have some ups and downs and smiles and engage and then there's some people that blow my mind they're like as boring no offense they're just really boring but they get great engagement i'm always like wow the value of what they're saying must be so good that they're overcoming the presentation of being quite dry and and not not exciting so if you're not an excitable person you just have to act that's what it's called right just go on camera Be, be that excitable, fun person that your audience needs you to be. And then you can be that quiet, solemn person afterwards. There's nothing wrong with that. Just different personalities. <laughs> so For sure. Cool. Just well, practice. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, that's the big thing. If you get that hook down, and maybe you find you create three, four, five hooks that are good for you, that you mm-hmm. like, and test them. I think everything with all what you said, everything's about test, test, test. If it doesn't work, cut it out, try something mm-hmm. else. Nothing wrong with testing. Nothing wrong with pushing the boundaries and failing. Just be adaptable. Don't just say, well, it's my way or the, or, or the highway because you may be very lonely on this Instagram highway with Al. 
And if something works, continue posting content like that because Instagram algorithm obviously likes it. <laughs> yeah. Would that work with that? Well, like, let's say you get a big hit and you're like, wow, that really took off. Because now Instagram is like, oh, this person creates something really valuable. Are they more likely in the following post to give yes. you more value because they saw something really take off? Exactly. So let's say we recently had a gel pad. I like the way that I like to apply gel pads and with the eyes closed. That one became viral on TikTok. So you have to, if you find that that's really helpful, you can post more technique related or lash hacks right after that because you'll find that the mo- momentum really helps to bring more eyeballs again to your page. And let's say they like something like your that viral video popped up on the Explore page and they liked it. So they'll see a couple of your previous ones and even future videos as well on the Explore page. And you'll find that because one video went viral, videos close by also do really well. That makes sense. And I think the reverse too. Like if you have a viral video as well, and then your next one's a just dog, it, it could hurt you, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I did something really impactful with tips. And then they showed me playing with my dogs. And they're like, that's nothing related. And, and, and then they just nerf you. They're just like, okay, well, that one just now toy naked my viral video with something really pointless so i think it's been consistent thematically consistent and i I think even for us i wonder sometimes because we we're kind of all over we have different faces we have like three or four people that pop on our page and we do different things and it might make sense i don't know if that hurts our algorithm or not maybe it'd be better to just have a couple faces like just us and another person i don't know i'm just and and make sure we're really saying yeah, and my Brad Pitt, no, just staying in our lane a little bit more, I guess, sometimes, because I, I think, you know, it it's, can be, I, I'm, I guess, let's ask this, because I think, I see people do this, right? They have their last brand, and they're trying to get clients in there, and then they start basically trying to re- only impress last artists. That's got to be a confusing message and hurt their algorithm, I, I'm assuming. That's why I always think, like, if you are a lash artist and you only lash clients look like you don't do any trainings or anything like that you really have to be mindful of your audience and who you're trying to target if you are posting really up close like photos of specific details like a normal person will not know the difference between good really really good lashes and good lashes right so you have to just think about the content that a client would want to see versus a lash artist i mean yeah a lash artist could be your client but at the end of the day it's mostly just normal people who don't have any background in the lashing industry, right? So you could be like debunking lash aftercare myths, right? You could be showcasing your journey as a lash artist from beginner to expert in terms of how well your skill has gotten better or like retention, things like that. You can even showcase what it's like to get a lash service from you. These these are content pieces that would attract or showcase to your potential followers who you are as a lash artist. Yeah. And I've told some people that I think if you really are going hard on it, you can have two accounts, have your salon account and have your last training account. That is the best way to do it in my opinion. It's just more work as a problem. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even with the last conference, we have our last conference page, which I never post on except for when we're selling tickets in the beginning and and during LashCon and the rest of the year, it's kind of a wasteland. It's kind of sad, but that's just what it is. And then amazingly, it's bigger than our last cast account. (laughs) But I realize that people 
are more drawn to a conference than they are to a podcast page. That's just that's the way it is. So I don't take it too personally, even though we put a lot more effort in the last cast. But I think, again, it's what our audience wants. Our audience on last conference just wants to know when are the ticket sales, and otherwise they don't care. And, and then last cast is where we, we do our value and where Tusk gets to be the genius that she is. What are some apps that you are your favorites? I know a lot of people share this, so probably don't have to go too much into some of these because <laughs> I know Facetune. Everyone's going, yeah, of course we know Facetune, but where yes. do you have some other ones that people aren't as familiar with? Maybe. So for video editing, my favorite is InShot. It's a video editing app. It also actually has a photo editing and a what is it? What, oh wow, I cannot say what is collage. That? Collage. Yes. Wow. Thank you. Um, It also helps with collages, but I would say the main reason I use InShot would be to trim, add transitions, add voiceovers, music, text. It's extremely easy to use. Honestly, it has everything that you would need. Quick question about that, because here's a for me, because I don't make reels. I've only made a handful of my life. Do you make the reel with the music, the trending music in in shot and then just drop it into Instagram? Or do you have to transition it and then insert the music on, on it? Because I know you can have, you have your original audio and then you have the audio from Instagram. How, how do you make it cut together like that? So let's say I find a vid, an audio on Instagram that I really like. What I will do is I will like screen record basically grab that audio and then I will export it and put it into InShot so that I can trim and my, so I can trim my video to the beats. The exact same beats. That's great. That's what makes the post look so good. And yes. is that why it's I'm so, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, this is why it takes so long. And because and, I'm assuming yes. I've seen people really struggle with sync. In fact, yes. I remember trying to do it. I was trying to shoot it in the Instagram and it kept not quite nailing the sync. Yes. And so yes. this the is where- moment, right? Like if it's like, if the audience is right there, then you're like, oh, I'm like half a second behind. Yeah. And then I've seen these like 16 year olds, Lily, I, I mean, they show you making their audio thing and they do it like in- three minutes they make it very complex with sync with transitions and they're just like little machines on it it's insane and you're like man i suck i do suck but that's i'm shocked (laughs) but in shot at least this is a nice way to take some of that stress off because that probably is because they do it all every day for like eight hours a day you get pretty good at the tools so in shot record the audio of your favorite thing with the video i guess but you can just drop the video once you put in the in shot and then insert your videos over that that you shoot so there's a so when you're editing your video, there's an option to click music, and then you can add music, and mm-hmm. then it'll basically overlay that music into your video, and then you okay. can edit. So I just use that to help myself visualize where I want my transitions to be or where I want certain things to happen. Yeah. And then I go back to Instagram. I use that trending audio instead of the audio that I have in my clip. Yeah. Just in case it becomes like original audio, so you don't want that. You want it to use the trending, trending. stuff. Yeah. Then I would just upload it with that trending audio but let's say if i find a really good audio on tiktok that i want to bring over to instagram then i'll again screen record put that audio into InShot, and then when i upload on instagram i'm using my original audio and hopefully that will tell instagram that it's my original audio although i stole it from tiktok yeah (laughs) yeah and then hopefully if it goes viral and people use that audio that is really great bonus points yeah yeah, yeah. But is there any secret to going viral that you've learned over these years? Is there anything you can do that's like, oh, I do this, I get viral videos every time? I would say no. Oh, okay. I even say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
Yeah. Yes. But for sure, if you are consistently creating videos that are very high quality and you post that consistently and one viral video goes crazy and then you keep continuously posting videos like that, then I see a lot of artists where like all of their videos are, I would say, more viral, but might not be as viral as one huge video that they did. Like, let's say they had a a couple videos with like 3 million views, but then the other ones are like 800,000. Like, it's still viral, but not as viral. as. Hey, I'll take 800K any day. That's... (laughs) That I think our biggest viral well, beforehand our, our, our tip here's my tip. Do okay. cleansing lashes. Oh my gosh. Yes, For yes. some That's stinking true. reason, if you cleanse people's lashes, everyone's gotta see that. I don't get it. I don't understand why. It's, or you show dirty lashes, right? Yeah. People oh yeah. Yeah. That. Show a hot mess and yes. people will do it. But we've had one video. Before that, I think our only videos were other people who would take their videos. Like yeah. Mackenzie, we got her. I love her videos. Yeah, her, she's one of the best. And she did a video on cleansing. And I think we asked we could share it or she maybe she collaborate. I don't know. And of course, that became our number one video. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not like our video. It's someone else. And then finally, just like a month ago, we had our first truly viral video, which it went, I think we had 300,000 for. Wow. Yeah, because it pissed off a lot of people. They're like, no, no, don't do that. You're yeah, going to get sued. Do something that pisses people, and they will share with all their friends and go, look at this idiot who's putting eye drops or, or artificial tears in people's eyes, and that's what she did. And man, we, we That's what I do. Of, I do daily. Yeah, she and she damages people. No, um, I don't damage people. She doesn't. But that said, it got a lot of attention. And then I remember, I don't know if you saw the Jamie post on Instagram or on TikTok, where he asked uh, at, at the Austin or... Lash, Lash Boss Summit, he asked Lash Artist, how much do you charge? And everyone's like, oh, I charge 150 200 300 And UK went, no! They were like going, this is wrong! You can't do that! This is... You guys are just showing off. And there was so much hatred towards Jamie and all these Americans who are charging insane prices and how it was like almost an immoral thing that they were doing. I mean, I think Jamie had millions and millions of, of people paying attention to that thing. Which I thought was very intriguing to see. So those yeah. definitely do really well. If you have something that's just like sparking a lot of attention or unpopular opinions, like really dramatic ones, yeah. those do really well. Yeah, yeah. Just try to find out what would irritate people <laughs> in a good way. Not you know, like me going on picking my nose on the camera. Probably is not going. Well, actually, that might go viral. Maybe we should try that. Like picking your nose and then doing lashes. Yeah, there we go. Showing unsanitary <laughs> conditions while doing lashes probably would be a big hit just don't copy what everyone else is doing just come with your own unsanitary conditions so that's true hey paul we would love to see you lash like oh i lash. know we are gonna do that i really want to get some tweezers yeah, in your hand by the way did you hear she called me brad pitt oh uh, that's great uh, my status in the world has gone up maybe i should just call myself the brad pitt of lashers yeah, lash con you're like hi this is brad pitt <laughs> yes i'm brad pitt <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask my question? It's the pharmacy. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're we're at an hour, so I can't believe this has flown by. But let's get into your pharmacy question. Okay. Yes. So every time I hear somebody say Decadron, Decadron is the brand name for dexamethasone. Well, I was once talking to a doctor, and we were talking about protocols. What's what's the best way to do it? And I had suggested that if somebody gets irritant contact dermatitis, that a perfect treatment is putting decadron or dexamethasone on the lash line. And she said, absolutely not. And I said, what? And she's like, no, no, that's a cancer drug. And I was like, 
Yeah, even Shen's face right now. Like, I know. What? I'm like, wait a minute. How are you this kind of doctor and you don't know what, I mean, dexamethasone is like ubiquitous. She's like, no, no, you would never do that because it's a cancer drug. And I was like, in the one in the conversation, I'm not the one with the medical degree, but yeah. I was like. Everyone in the room, unfortunately, was looking at her test like she was not the like, smart one. Like, I protest. I doth protest. So anyway, I, I just wanted to get your take on, is decadron only a cancer, cancer drug? drug. <laughs> so dexamethasone is a steroid. So what steroids do is it reduces inflammation. So it's not just used for cancer, but it's also used for things like arthritis or skin and other disorders like that. I know that for, for you guys, you've worked with Dr. Stout. Yeah, yeah. this is not Dr. Stout. So, Dr. Stout, would, would, actually, he was yeah. the one that no. that did intervene and said, no, that's not. Dr. Zyrus, too. Dr. Zyrus, as well. Another but. person who's like one of the leaders in the field of contact dermatitis. Yes. And, and we talked to him about it. And he, yeah, he was like, I don't no, know no. what she's saying. The interesting thing is that with a lot of doctors, it depends on their field of expertise. So, for example, a general family doctor would say, no, you cannot apply that to the eyes because steroids thin the skin and um, continuous use thins the skin but if you work with a specialist with who has been working with just particularly the eyes for ample amounts of years they will know way more than a family doctor who just knows a little bit of everything so it's really important i would say to speak with doctors who are more specialized in that field because they will know how that drug reacts or like how it works with that particular area in the body. I know that a lot of people are just like, no, no steroids at all. And I would, in my opinion, from what I know with steroids, like it's more of an issue if you're continuously using it every single day for long term, that ends the skin. If you're just applying a very short amount of periods, just sporadically, that typically doesn't cause any issue unless it's a very high potency steroid, which this one wouldn't be really considered a high, high potency steroid. But if you're using it <laughs> for, mixed sh- reviews. for yeah. short bursts of time, which you're supposed to use, and you know, dexamethasone, especially for contact dermatitis, is not more than two weeks and I think it's, it's usually just like three, three or four weeks, days they do you know, it. Yeah. yeah so if you're using it properly as it's intended then it it's safe I mean the, the risks I outweigh. would say for sure people will have to know how to apply it properly just in case they accidentally get it into the eye or they get it to other places of the eye or they don't know and they apply it for like very very long periods of time I just realized because they're all I Canada you would know this in Canada because I know we recommend this in the United States and there's never an issue and I've yeah. been told in the UK, they can't. They can't, they can't prescribe, prescribe or dexamethasone for any type of topical. What are the rules in Canada? How does that play out there? So every, I would say, country has a different formula in terms of what medication you can re- recommend for what type of, I would say, like disorder or illness. In Canada, I don't believe that we have dexamethasone ointment really for the skin or the cre- or cream i believe this is like jet like gel ointment that they that's applied inside the eye when they have certain eye conditions so it, it would be like off formulary applied on the eyelid kind of thing i just want to clarify when we recommend this to canadians then they probably can't get this right yeah what about lodamax or maxitrol so we have the eye drops so yeah. honestly if doctor is willing to prescribe any type of steroid for them. If that dosage is fine for around the eye area, technically you can even just apply the drops on your eye and just apply it, right? 
It's definitely off-label. If it's a cream, it's designed to stay on the skin. But And I just want to put this out there. This is not medical advice yeah. or pharmacy yes, yes. advice. This always is speak just with your always speak yeah. with your physician. This is, we're just discussing. So Yes. This is if your doctor is okay with it and they also yeah. agree, then yeah. these are options that you can provide. But definitely, yeah, they have to speak with their doctor, make sure that they're okay and they're candidates to have For it. steroids around the eyes exactly well thank you for indulging my little pharmacy question yeah there. in fact my- we now know who to call for when we have pharmacy questions that Shannon, we- you a smart cookie we work once a month yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you didn't go to college for seven years so you know a few things about you know a few things so. and i've always sensed that you were just generally very smart and intelligent and know a thing thank or you. two so smart cookie smart and fun which is a great combo <laughs> thank you so, so much yeah so Anyhow, where can people find you? And uh, maybe you want to tell us real quick about the last shop because I know that yeah. we're really excited to, to be have you at LashCon. And- you're one of our sponsors this year. I think you talked about last year didn't quite work out, but we got you this year. And we're really excited to partner with you guys. Yeah, so The Last Shop is based in Canada. We are a brand that really focuses on education and also the safety and efficacy of our products. So we have a very strong science background. Our brand is really about where science meets artistry. A lot of our artists in-house are actually people with science backgrounds. So for example, Fendi, she has a background in biology and chemistry, and then she also also worked for Health Canada, and she's also worked in the regulatory field for six plus years of pharmaceutical products. So she has a lot of background there. And then myself, I'm, I have a pharmaceutical background, and then we also have a nursing nurse slash slash artist as well. So we really focus on innovating products from scratch and making sure that it's safe and it works really well. As well, we are really big on creating very strong educational curriculums for lash artists, whether it be in person or online, because we really want to ensure that artists have a very strong backbone. And also in terms of our courses are designed to help people critical think because of our really like I would say good curriculum. <laughs> it's really thorough. We are accredited by Nala. Fendi's a board advisor there as well. So we know what we're doing. And we, because we are known to be really great and big on education, we've actually worked with tons of colleges, like huge colleges in Toronto, like Seneca College, there's Fleming, Market College. So it's really cool what we do. We have a lot of products in terms of extensions, lash lifts. We have online courses, in-person courses, and you can find us at thelashshop.com. If it's on Instagram, it's thelashshop.ca. And we provide a lot of really cool tips and tricks there and just showcase all the cool things that we do there. (laughs) That's really cool. And and do do you have your own page that you do stuff or is it pretty much on there? Because I focus so much on the last shop, I do yeah. a little less on my own page. But if you want to follow me, I'm ss.bty.studio and I share a lot of lash photos <laughs> from work that I've done. Yeah. So it's a little bit different because my page is catered towards clients and the last shop is catered towards lash artists. Definitely. And yeah, definitely follow her and follow Last Shop and go check them out, especially if you're in Canada, you. right? We can't wait to see you in person at LashCon. Yes. Everyone, go to LashCon. I've been there and it's honestly such a great experience to network, wow. to gain knowledge, and like all sorts of different types of knowledge that Lash artists really need in yeah. their business. 
No, it is, it's quite a fun, crazy experience. And this year, it's even bigger. We, it's like three times the size that from when you saw it. I mean, we're going oh, so to have fun. Big hotel, more things to do, more interactive things, more fun things, plus great speakers and parties. Yeah, we have four nights of parties now. It's not just, it's like And it's every, not just parties. If you're not a party person, yeah. there's other activities. Got other activities. We have a lounge now. I need to go shopping soon. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. We have Bargains. Fact, in fact, I'm starting to get the emails and texting what are the themes for the parties. Oh, we need to put that together. so hopefully June, we're going to get that nailed down, get that out, because I know a lot of people like to thematically get a party. Like, we have our PJ party. Yeah. We have our Vegas, which is kind of like upscale party. But yeah, we'll get The PJ party, you can wear anything. Yeah. Honestly, you can wear a costume. Oh, no. That's Most what, people wear costumes. I always wear a costume. Wear costumes. Like, Aliens was a theme last year. And I don't know yet what the theme is, but it'll be fun. It'll be great. So, can you dress up as Brad Pitt, please? I, that's yes, it. I want you. We're gonna get a mask. What do you mean? I don't need to. I am Brad Pitt. I don't okay. need to dress up like Brad Pitt. I am Brad Pitt. People see me all the time on the street. You know and go, Brad Pitt, how are you? Maybe this is the time we're gonna debut your hair. Oh my god! I'm gonna get him oh. a wig. It's gonna be a good one. Not even a wig. She wants me to get fake I wanna hair. I want to get the fake hair that you you, you know you, you glue to their head. Yes, I think it'll be fun. Everyone says oh, yeah. no. There are really cool ones. I know. Oh, very really real. Oh, don't encourage her. Yes, yeah, I think it'll be fun. You're the first person. Everyone else we talk to always Said goes, no. no, Paul, don't do it. You think it's going it. to look bad? I don't think it's going to look bad. Oh, come on. I mean, on. what if I show? I mean, I've had been bald for like 30 years. One day I just show up and go, I was just joking. You don't I always to, had hair. You don't have to be like, this isn't like real hair. But, it's- but everyone's thinking that. Everyone behind <laughs> us, as soon as I walk by, goes, Paul thinks that hair looks good. Okay, whatever. Oh. We'll see. I think it'll be fun. I think so, too. See, There's thank four you, parties. Shannon. One hairstyle per party. Yes, one, per one <laughs> hairstyle per party. I'd like to hire a full-time hairstylist just to be in my room and change my hair I love it. Me. I love it. All right. Love well, you. Pass on this. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'm being ganged up on. All right. Well, anyhow, thank you, Shannon. You were wonderful. And we will we'll see you at least in October and hopefully at other last events. Yes. Can't wait. Hey, guys. Guess what? We are done. We're out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And, hey, maybe today. Today's the day. I know you probably haven't written a review yet. So why don't you go do it today? Go on the Apple podcast and write that review. That would just warm our heart during this crazy season as we get ready for LashCon. Hey, just a little suggestion. On behalf of my Lash Algorithm, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Shannon, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. <laughs>